0: reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company,
1: Golden, Colorado.
0: Hey everyone, before we get started, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with BlueWire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is... You can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports podcasting experience. Uh, Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com slash join. Again, that is bwhustle.com slash join. Check out the description box for this episode to find more, but that is bwhustle.com slash join chase thomas pod the chase thomas podcast um, <laughs> my nephew needs me to, to record see i
1: hate i already hate it i hate it
0: all right hello and welcome back to a thursday evening edition of the full ride on the chase thomas podcast i am still the aforementioned chase thomas up here in knoxville tennessee down there in tequila georgia fellow university of north georgia alumni matt green matt good evening sir how are you good evening
1: sir I'm am good. How, how about yourself? You had no follow up, no follow up,
0: no question. You're you're just all. Yeah, we got classy. I got
1: some big news. You know, I don't know if I want to break it just right, right off the uh, right off the top of the show, but you know, our our family got bigger. We got a puppy. Oh, I, I didn't know because I knew that privately. No, no, I thought it was
0: okay. I didn't know where I we were going. We didn't have a
1: baby. No. Okay. <laughs> we're not. We're we're so not ready for that. Clearly, after how much trouble we've had with this puppy for like five days, but um, but yeah, newest member of the family. His name is uh, Maddox, after the great Braves and Cubs pitcher. So, uh, because Tori's a Cubs fan, so it worked perfectly. Is she a Cubs fan? Why is she a Cubs fan? Oh, that's where she's from. She's from, uh, like, suburbs of Chicago. Interesting. Did not know that. Yeah. Um, Fun fact for you. There you go. uh, No pictures,
0: I'm going to assume, because you're – Literally the worst, Matt Green, at posting <laughs> anything, any dog content, anything that uh, would help the podcast continue to grow. Matt Green is not here. Dude, I'll for get
1: it. some puppy. We'll get some puppy content. What kind sure, of dog is it? You Another know? Rottweiler? He's a uh, Rottweiler mix. So, uh, like Rottweiler, we're not exact, They're not exactly sure what the other one. Maybe some German mm. some Shepherd, some kind of Shepherd. I don't know. But uh, yeah, he's a good-looking pup. How is uh? How is Zeus adjusting? Zeus is good he's at least not aggressive which that's like that's the cool thing but sometimes he just gets too close to him he's like i don't want this guy fucking with my space you know <laughs> but uh but zeus is straight as long as he, the fact that he's like not trying to eat him or something like that's that's a positive
0: interesting okay well i'm excited to see those uh posts in the next nine to 12 months Matt. i'm excited <laughs> to see what it looks like did you see the story from our old friend rush Probs this week
1: um, I did see something about it. Well, I don't know the whole story. Well, it's still to come out, because it's like a 64-page disposition. <laughs> Basically, just him cheating at, like, every place he's ever been? Is that... Uh, well, now now he's allegedly cheating at
0: Baldasta, and, um, it didn't take long. Did not, uh, there's some some money aspects to this. Like, it's just the classic Rush Probe story. Like, he is, um, Who. whew not who could have foreseen? Who amongst us could have foreseen Rush Preps not working out of Valdosta in twenty twenty one? Who who could have foreseen
1: that? Um, I mean honestly, I, I assumed he was doing some shady stuff. I thought he'd be winning championships. Like that's what he does. I know. He's the most stereotypical great
0: high school Southern football coach of all time. Like he Friday Night Lights could like, not create somebody even
1: Yeah, like he a, feels like uh with John Voigt what's uh what's that? What's the varsity blues coach? What's his name? Oh man, I'm going blank on him right now. But this uh, is yeah, where I
0: tell you, I've never seen varsity blues.
1: You've never seen varsity <laughs> blues? Oh, are you are you being serious?
0: I am being 100 percent serious. It's uh, not yeah. my thing. It was just never, never. Is that James Vanderbeek?
1: Bud Kilmer. Bud okay. Kilmer. Yeah.
0: Mm. Yeah. I mean, I've heard interesting it's right up my alley it's a movie
1: i should see it's uh, a classic but at the same time if you didn't see it in like 2000 2001 like i don't know how it's aged but um it's it's your classic high school i think you gotta see it man but rush but bud kilmer he's just like he's the the win at all costs kind of coach you know that that classic a classic guy he's a hall of famer you know like it's been there like 30 years won all the state championships that that old story I'm not going to just tell you about the way varsity blues. It's been out for 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> um, don't forget,
0: folks, you can uh, support the show by going to com, where you can get access to all of our previous episodes. Um, because it's the off-season, we, we're doing one-a-week special-centric episodes that we're doing every Thursday, so... Make sure to check out that every Thursday. Um, leave us a five-star rating and review. If you're an Apple Podcast listener, you can follow Matt on Instagram at Matt Green, on Twitter at Matt underscore W underscore Green, myself at Chase w underscore Thomas, and support us on Patreon. And uh, I'm writing a bunch on chasethomaspodcast.com, so if you want to support that and keep that going, go become a Patreon member at patreon.com slash writer. Um, a lot of news I wanted to touch on before we get into our coaching higher rankings
1: here, here, hold on hold on before mm-hmm. we move on before we move on too far on varsity blues is there a is there a good sports movie out there that doesn't have like a key injury is that like a necessary part to like every sports movie airbud airbud didn't have an injury who got injured in airbud I um, don't know. I don't know. Isn't that how the dog got in, right? Were they like, sh- I don't know. I don't even oh, know. Oh, you know, know what? Remember. I think no, he the did. the dog did. got in because he was just like loose in the gym, right? Did
0: you uh, say the dog, not buddy? Why are you being disrespectful and not using Buddy?
1: Um,
0: that's actually probably. I, I think guess he did I guess get I in with the, injury. Um, the, con-
1: the The conflict in that was the whole, like, the clown that o- owned him and all yes. that. So he didn't have the injury. But, like, I was thinking Friday Night Lights, Yeah, like boobie Miles. Like, in this, bar- in Varsity Blues, Paul Walker's like the stud. Florida State commit quarterback, and he gets hurt. That's why um, James Vanderbilt Oh, League of Their there. Own. Yeah, League of Their Own. See, League of Their Own, though, like, husbands are dying, right, at war. Like, it's kind of like an injury, right? Okay. Um, Moneyball. Uh, remember the Titans? What's the, the linebacker got in a car accident? I feel oh, like it's essential. Bertier. Bertier? Yeah. I feel like it's essential. I don't know. That was just a, just a thought I had.
0: Interesting.
1: I don't know, and also it's, a, it's just it's really a hard. Give to feedback to the listeners.
0: There are so many bad sports movies. Like, the, what do you think? There are more bad movies in this in these two genres, Matt. Uh, maybe we can do this. This could be an off-season pot idea. Um, the ranking sports movies, but um, I was thinking about this the other day. Like, there there are so many bad horror movies, and the majority of horror movies I've seen in my life are not good. And the majority of sports movies I've seen in my life are not good. Who do you think has made more worse movies, sports movies or horror movies?
1: Uh, that's tough to say. I feel like horror movies, some of them exist like just to scare you, and like a plot is like terrible. But mm-hmm. you're saying most sports movies are bad? Yeah, that's most of them are really cake, bad. Right? I feel like kids' sports movies are bad. Watch them as an adult; like they're all bad. No, yeah, that's right. But I feel like ones that are, like, adults, I feel like those are better sports movies. But ones that are, like, kids, like, I think there's some account, like, I don't know, on Twitter or on YouTube or something that, like, breaks down, like, movie basketball scenes and stuff like that and just how, like, awful, like... Well, I mean, like, Invincible, Stunk, like
0: um let's see what are
1: some other ones that I just invincible did? is just terrible because they at the end they showed you the real play like like more ball tackles the guy and like returns, scoop and score like 20 yards for a touchdown it's like he really just the ball kind of bounced and he just like scored a touchdown it was like it was so dramatized i think goon is the best sports movie i feel like hoosiers man hoosiers what Hoosiers. Hoosiers. What are you? Classic. Ninety-three years old? What? Hoosiers. Remember the Titans. Major League. Those are all great ones.
0: Mm, it's probably. Le- I would say League of Their Own or Goon is probably like my favorite.
1: League of Their Own. Really? That's League oh. of Their Own.
0: A, a classic. How do you not? Oh, and remember the Titans. I, I really have a soft spot for Remember the Titans. I've seen that movie at least a billion. Remember
1: times. the Titans is it's classic for sure. But um, yeah, I, I think I like League of Their Own. Good. League of Their Own is fantastic. No, it's a it's a quality movie. I just I wasn't expecting that top three. I don't know. Go that movie ages well. You can watch Coach it with a thirteen Carter. year old. Coach Carter was a good one.
0: Coach Carter was not good.
1: No, that was a bad movie.
0: Do that do a rewatch in uh, the year twenty twenty one.
1: Yeah, fair enough. You're you're a big movie. You're a you're a, you seem like a hard movie critic guy though. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. I'm not a hard critic. I'm just like, yeah. That was good. I was I was entertained for an hour and a half. That was, that was solid, you know. I don't. I'm not a. I'm not the biggest critic. I can tell. I love the idea of you just
0: walking out of any Michael Bay movie. I got what I paid for. Like uh, I, <laughs> I, I enjoyed myself. There was explosions, triple oh, frontier, yeah, all yeah, that. Go boom. Yeah. <laughs> You're the easiest fan to please. I like it. Um. Michigan. They had a big weird off season. It was a. Are they going to fire? jim harbaugh are they going to change gears but then they extended their ad for five years wait manual they um restructured jim harbaugh's contract and it's more incentive laden now based on wins um he reshuffled his staff he lost on brown he um he's making some moves like they're joe milton's in the portal mccaffrey's gone like they're they're trying to figure this stuff out like they're reshuffling all across the board and we're like what is this going to do for the recruiting? Because this was a bad time to be figuring this stuff out on the fly. They had a rough year. We know they had a rough year. Um, but, quietly, the Michigan Wolverines putting together a top 15 class. Right now, they had the number 10 class in the 2021 cycle. And I think that's like an underreported part of Michigan's offseason was that even with the turmoil, even with the uncertainty with their coaching staff, they still reeled in a top 10 class. Um, I I thought that was huge for them as they continue to try and catch Ohio State, which is always going to be a steep uphill climb and a lot more difficult than um, casual college football fans or even Southern football fans may give credit to. Um, But Will Johnson is the number one player, um, I believe, in the state of Michigan. And he's a corner, five-star corner in the 2022 cycle. And Michigan's a strong player. And it's probably down to Michigan, Ohio State, and USC He's the number eight overall player in uh, the nation, and if they get the number one player in its state, and they beat out Ohio State, who's long been considered the favorite to get this player from the state of Michigan, I mean, suddenly we're like, oh, they're back, because like losing Damon Payne sucked, but he went to Alabama, and it's like, you just live with that, and Rocco Spindler going to Notre Dame, like Notre Dame makes sense. Like They get the tight ends and the offensive linemen, that's what they do, but... I don't know. I think this is a big thing and them keeping their best players at home is an important part of getting Michigan back. And I uh, I don't know. I think Jim Harbaugh and the staff deserve a lot of credit for what how they've rebounded in recent months.
1: Yeah, it's it's such an interesting thing. It's you know, you never see anything like this that's going on in Michigan right now. It's like a Usually a coach is getting overpaid and then he's he's not he's underperforming and you fire him or you, you know and the, or you, you buy out his contract. It was it was just such a logical thing. It's like everyone came together. It's like, look, we don't want to fire you, but let's be honest, you're not doing great, mm. you know. So just take a little bit less money. He's like, you know what, I'm not doing great, so I'll take a little bit less money. I want to be here. It was just such a, like a rational decision. It, it's it's such an interesting um, kind of situation that you never really see. But yeah, I think it it really is kind of, they did go under the radar with the the 10th ranked class in the country. And like you said, keeping some of the best players in state, they signed the number two pro style quarterback in the country and JJ McCarthy. I don't think he's from IMG. I don't think he was a Michigan guy or anything. No, he wasn't. um, And then Donovan Edwards. I mean, this guy has Alvin Kamara (laughs) comparisons on 24 seven sports. You never know how he's going to work out, but he was the number three running back prospect. And that's an elite player that you, uh, kept in in the state of Michigan. So as bad as things feel like just kind of a, what just the national perception of what Michigan should be. I don't necessarily think within Michigan's house, like within, within their doors, I don't think it's as bad as, as it, it might seem nationally.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, I don't think so either. And I think that is, um, a really good sign for michigan and i like what they've done on the defensive side of the ball i like their changes to their staff um i still think carball is a good coach and they're recruiting really well and they just haven't figured out the quarterback situation um but it that can be tricky and uh i think michigan rebounded well and like you said this is just not something that happens like i'll just take a pay cut as a power five job at a top 10 job across the country like it's just not a not a normal thing so i uh i'm right there with you that this was um this was interesting. Um, Kyle Whittingham. Speaking of interesting things, I'm a big Utah Utes uh, aficionado, Matt Green. Always been a Kyle Whittingham guy. I wanted him at Tennessee for a while. He He's never leaving Utah. It's great. He's a Utah lifer, probably. But he's also just a really good, solid coach, and Utah had a really solid season this past year. I think they would have been even better um, with a full season, but kyle winningham has to do different stuff like i don't even know if you knew this do you know who's gonna be under center for utah this fall i don't
1: know jake bentley's gone right yes he is (laughs) uh i don't know who is charlie
0: brewer old friend from baylor will be their quarterback under center okay that's right okay he's making moves in the portal and he talks about this where it's like utah is very uh, like what helped utah a lot was making the jump to the pac 12 like Recruiting is going to be better when you can just say that we're a power five school now. However, he backs it up with wins, and he knows that he's not going to get a lot of the best Southern California kids. He's not going to get the best. He's not going to beat out the USC's. He's not going to beat the Oregon's. He's not going to beat the Arizona States with Herm Edwards right now. Like What he's going to beat is in the portal, and it's kind of like Dan Mullen West where... He's like, you know, what we're just gonna do. We're just gonna get the guys who fit our character, fit like who don't work out at Texas, who want to go out west. We're gonna get the guys at the SEC schools who are just like unhappy and just haven't gotten the playing time or injuries have just messed up their careers and their track and they're just like i need one year one or two years to revitalize myself to a winning program where i know i'll be taught well where i I know i'm going to get coached up they have one of the best strength and conditioning programs across the country um was a good piece i think actually also in the athletic from like a year ago highlighting their strength and conditioning program but they are just a machine and i am just fascinated by schools like this that have to not bend the rules, but just find different avenues to competing in a increasingly plutocracy type sport where it's the Clemsons and the Alabamas and the Georgias and the have nots. And like, how do the have nots survive? How do they pseudo contend? How do they keep afloat? How do they keep their fans happy? And you do that by winning in the portal and getting the character guys that they're very fascinated by because they've He said on record that, like, yeah, they're really good players. Like, I'm assuming four and five stars. That he's just like, no, we don't, we don't want them. They don't fit our program, and that's ballsy considering um, the conference you're in and the situation you're in. You're Utah. You can't be beggars can't be choosers. But is is Kyle and turning away any five star players? That's I mean, when he says talented, I'm assuming he's maybe not five star like coming out, but five they were five stars at one point, and they're not working out at Miami or something, you know what I mean? Where they were five stars and they struggled and he, they're like, hey, Tate Martell is like, I want to come through. And he's like, no, we're good, buddy.
1: <laughs> well, Tate Martell's not good. Well, what so. I'm saying
0: is like, that's probably what he's talking about is the five stars who haven't worked out of their schools that he's just like, mm, nah, we, we don't want to put in a scholarship for you. We're, we're good.
1: Yeah, and I think, I think you definitely made some good points because – Utah is is that ultimate team that they're solid. You know, they're they're rarely spectacular. You know, they kind of flirted with the playoffs a couple years ago until the end of the year, but they're they're just always solid. And so it kind of reminds me of, you know, if you think about Wisconsin, you know, they're always solid. They never really have a difference maker at quarterback, but when you could just get Russell Wilson in there for a year, it's like, okay, now that's a big Tw- Big 10 championship team. You know, that's a team that can win the Rose Bowl. So, if Utah, you know, utilizes this the right way, I could definitely see them doing something similar because they have the right foundation. You know, they seem to be such a solid team. Maybe they're missing, you know, that one difference maker. And depending on what happens, what you can do in the portal, you can just get that one difference maker, just just add him to your team, and that could potentially be enough to, uh, to, to you know, set you over the edge.
0: Yeah, and I'm interested to see what happens because they they really cleaned up in the portal this year. So I highly encourage people to check out who they've landed, and I think Utah is going to be really good this year. Um, what do you make of the latest on the NIL and uh, Notre Dame pulling out immediately before it's even done?
1: Yeah, they, I when I heard Notre Dame, I was like, oh, honestly, if they do the video game without Notre Dame, it's it's kind of fine. Like they're not in a conference, like you could get around that, you know. But now you hear Northwestern. Granted. I don't think anyone college football fans are, are crying over Northwestern not being included. More Northwestern, if I don't I get try to, try to play as any Peyton more Ramsey, on the
0: I don't uh, I don't want the game. If I can't play as Peyton Ramsey,
1: what's the point? <laughs> oh, we're not trying to make any more Northwestern uh interviews. Well we already have.
0: I've already heated <laughs> I've already gotten them uh all heated up before on this podcast. What
1: man. was that tweet? It was like this podcast is trash. <laughs> <laughs> <'cause it> was... <laughs> that made me laugh. But um uh, <laughs> But yeah, so now I yeah, saw so Northwesterns also said it, and you know they were all out in front with the the players and the the name, uh, the strike or whatever, trying to form a union, whatever they were doing a couple years back. So, yeah, I don't know what to make of it. I assume someone like Notre Dame, it's almost like, you know, just kind of flexing their muscle. Like, okay, if Notre Dame wants to make this thing happen, like they're the kind of big big program that can that can make this happen because it kind of feels like the NCAA is kind of just shuffling their feet on this. They're like, yeah, we'll do the name, image, and likeness. When are you going to vote on it?
2: Like, oh, well, yeah,
1: we'll vote on it. I don't know when we're going to start doing it. Like, it's, it seems like such a, a gray area we're in. So maybe someone like Notre Dame can actually get the thing moving.
0: We shall see. We shall see. Um, Oregon's quarterback, who weirdly went on went into the portal um, after starting this year, um, I I was really confused as to why... Um, this Ducks quarterback went in the portal because especially now it looks like Anthony Brown is going to be the Ducks starting quarterback this fall which is whew, not good for Oregon who has title aspirations or at least playoff aspirations but um, I don't really understand what happened here so how do you pronounce how do we pronounce this dude's name? Do you even know how to pronounce this dude's name?
1: Tyler, you're talking about Tyler
0: Show? Tyler Show, yes
1: I think, I thought that's how it is okay but well you're wrong.
0: he's on his way to texas tech
1: and i
0: i don't know i think it's weird like why would you i guess because he's like i could be patrick mahomes but like matt wells was almost fired this year like he had to clean house on
1: his assistants to keep his job um hold on i, I gotta stop you i don't mean to stop you mid but i was just so wrong that i feel like i had to correct it it's pronounced shuck oh is it shuck yes okay so yeah apparently he tweeted out it's pronounced shuck <laughs> all caps this guy's pissed about people pronouncing his name wrong but no one's ever gonna get that right i don't especially know especially not in
0: lubbock that's not happening that yeah. uh, it's gonna be mispronounced i'm gonna guess in the broadcast uh, yeah
1: so fun fact for you
0: um
1: make sure to get his name right moving forward
0: yeah well yeah i um well mr shuck is now a red raider and that's just a weird decision to make the move from Oregon, where he would have started, to Lubbock to a bad Texas Tech team that literally has a coach that's probably out for this year if they go four and eight, five and seven.
1: Yeah, I'm just not sure I get it either. Like Oregon seemed to be a good, a really good situation for you to be able to step in. You know, if he's that kind of that that pro style big arm quarterback. So I it's kind of a, it's a strange situation. Like we know what Texas tech has done historically, but you know, they don't have, they haven't been that in a while. So I, you know, it's just kind of a, it's a strange move for sure. Especially that's, and that's what the thing that's coming out of the transfer portal, you know, I don't have the numbers in front of me to back it up, but I I saw it tweeted the other day of just how many guys are in the portal that have yet to find a destination. You know, it's, there's a lot of guys moving and shaking and, a lot of guys would just be better off if they just stick it out where they already are. And, you know, maybe they don't start this year, but they start the year after. And this guy was literally going to start. So, you know, maybe there's more things involved. There's, there's more reasons to make a decision, but yeah, it's definitely one you don't see.
0: Yeah. It's just a weird move. Hopefully it pays out. It pays off for him, but uh, I don't know. Very weird. Um, Speaking of, moves, but not weird because I think this actually makes a lot of sense and it's going to be really good for him is old friend, one of the many many McCaffreys of the McCaffrey family. Um making the move from Nebraska did a little bit of work. Um filling in for Adrian Martinez this fall, um has not shown much as a passer, but you don't have to when you go to Louisville and uh, play for Scott Satterfield. So I love this transfer for McCaffrey. I think he uh he won't start this year, but um I, I don't like I don't hate it. I could see him having a great one year stint, one maybe two year stint at uh, at Louisville. What do you What do you make of uh, McCaffrey moving down to Louisville?
1: He'll he'll be eligible this year, though, right?
0: He will, but I, I don't think he's going to start because isn't um, Cunningham still back? Am I misremembering? That?
1: Oh, oh, I think yeah, you I think you are right about that. Um, I really don't know what to make of it. You know, we've, we've seen such limited action of him. I uh, hope it works out. How it works out for him, but I don't. I don't think Louisville's getting uh, a, f- a five-star quarterback like he was coming out at the recruiting rankings.
0: Yeah, Malik Cunningham is back. He he's returning for another year at Louisville.
1: Okay. So, and he wasn't. A, and he was not a five-star. Now that I'm looking at it, but he was big-time quarterback, big-time prospect.
0: Um, are you ready, Matt Green, to get into our special? Portion of this podcast, our top fifteen <laughs> college football hires from this carousel. You did not follow directions, Matt Green. I'm just gonna peel behind the curtain here. Um, there were fifteen. It wasn't like it was 55. It wasn't. It, it brought me back to our North Georgia days, to be honest, Matt Green. Of oh, taking shots like uh, me going above and beyond. Me being the the goal, the goal guy, the trendsetter, the guy addicted to going to that library that looked like it was out of 1954 that had not been updated since at least 1954 no matt still did the work put in the time and uh you did 10 you you did 10 because you said quote chase the podcast doesn't mean that much to me and i thought wow (laughs) (laughs) that's a it's a bold take bold stance but uh i'll allow it um I will go from fifteen down, and then you will get. I feel
1: to... Like fifteen is a weird number. I was like, it's the number of changes. 10.
0: What am I supposed to do? That's how many changes there were this offseason. They
1: don't all deserve to be ranked. They Every do. Outside the top ten, you're like, ah, I don't know. We have a
0: strong <laughs> fan base in University of Louisiana Monroe. Like we have a lot of Warhawk fans. Fair enough. Are, you, you I, do, are they even the Warhawks anymore? I want to say they changed it.
1: Um. No, that's what they changed it to. Okay. Right? What were they before? It, that they. I think they were like a native american like indian kind of mascot or something. Okay, oh, yeah, they a, were the Indians. Yeah, they were the, the Indians. That was their mascot? Yes, and they I know Arkansas the State was the Indians too. Yeah. Were they really? Yeah. Wow. I and didn't that remember that. the Red Wolves.
0: Which so is actually better. Red Wolves is a better mascot than uh Yeah, they, really? they had a quality logo. Yeah,
1: they, they had a solid look.
0: Why was it, Oh, you know what it was, dude? Okay. So you know, it's an ma- awful mascot. I'm looking at it now. Very offensive. Very bad. However, <laughs> um, I am looking at this now, the old logo, and it's bringing me back. I have not seen it in so long. Growing up, I thought that was a Cobra. So I thought... The uh, ULM logo? Yeah, look at the ASU Indians logo from the previous one, not the Red Wolves one. Look at the old one. Oh, and you're saying the old S- Arkansas State logo. Yeah, and just look at the S. Listeners, I encourage you to do the same. Um,
1: oh, oh yeah. I remember it looking. Oh, I never knew that that was like a Indian chief. Head. Right. I never knew that. I oh, thought that wow. was a Cobra. <laughs> I don't know if I thought it was a Cobra, but I, I don't know. I don't know what I thought, but that's funny. I didn't never, never noticed that man. Man, I, they I, do I, have the super offensive old school. Oh yeah. Like America just awful. There. Yeah. Yikes. Um, Idaho would be proud. Oh my god.
0: Um people still don't believe that that was a thing. That like that actually was a thing that happened in Braves games. Um my top 15. And you have your top 10 and we'll we'll get there. My number 15. Jed Fish at Arizona. Um last on the Patriot staff. Um he's bounced around. I swear he's coached everywhere. He was like OC at UCLA with Jim Mora, like he has been at Michigan, UCLA, jacksonville like you name it he's been there um close friend of the president i want to say and is the reason that he got the job is because of that teddy Bruschi is like involved in the group now and they're basically trying to do what herm edwards did and brought in a bunch of hey remember this guy who played here 20 years ago antonio pierce he's back um i think actually antonio played at arizona but just like the whole let's get some nfl people in here attract um college kids who were like hey if we work for these we play for these schools like we have a better shot at the nfl because we're around a bunch of nfl legends um fish is just he's never been a head coach and arizona is a very different difficult job and i thought they went past the obvious one was the guy at san jose state like i don't understand why he had a great year we know, like, you're a big San Jose State guy. Like, you love the Spartans, Matt Green. Like, you, <laughs> you you were staying up late watching San Jose State football. Brent Brennan was the answer. Just, he can coach his ass off. Like, just give him the job. Like, what? I don't understand why they went with the unproven guy in Jed Fish. Oh, like, I guess it was a president thing, but there's no way this works. Arizona's too hard. You got to just find somebody who just can win games. And I, I don't think it's going to be Jed Fish.
1: That's what I, I was gonna say. I mean, if um uh, the guy, was he say guy? From San Jose State What's his yes. name again. Uh, Brent Brennan. Yeah, I mean, if he's truly, you know, one of the up and comers, like, why would you go to Arizona? You know, it's like it's just not a it's not a winning situation. You know, it's just that's a difficult job, especially when you got Herm Edwards actually injecting some life into Arizona State at the moment. Like, makes it even more difficult because Arizona State is, you know, they're clearly superior tradition to Arizona, right? Like Arizona's historically is just kind of a joke of a program. So I just, I don't know if, I don't, I don't, I don't know who couldn't who can win uh, at Arizona to be honest.
0: Yeah, I just, it's it's a really, really hard job. Them firing Rich Rod is just one of the, the bigger bonehead moves they've ever done. Um, 14 for me, Shane Beamer. Part of this is the staff. Part of this is that I don't think he's, a better coach than Will Muschamp. We'll see. Um, Will Muschamp did some bad hiring, but like, I don't know. Like I, Shane Beamer has never been a head coach. His whole situation in South Carolina was going to be based on his recruiting, A, but also B, his staff. Like he had to put together an elite staff around him to make this a good hire. And he didn't like the staff is not elite around him. They had to scramble. Auburn pried a lot of them away. It's not his fault. The staff is underwhelming and this group is underwhelming there's a lot of questions with this group. Um the East is tough. Very top heavy. I I just I don't think this works out. I I think Shane Beamer is uh not long for this job and
1: number 14 for me. Well, and that's what's so big. Like with all these you, you have to judge the circumstances. And for the circumstances, like Will Muschamp, yeah, he wasn't doing great, but I'm not convinced Shane Beamer's better. So, I don't know. I like will Muschamp, he's he's got he's been allowed to have a lot of mediocre years that's for sure but i i still feel like i haven't given up on him i feel like he he seemed like he could have still been a good uh, head coach but but yeah i mean shane beamer it's definitely a roll of the dice and i really just i have no idea how high the ceiling is and i have no idea how low the floor is it's just it's a real roll of the dice
0: yeah i mean at least with old Muschamp, you knew that uh he was going to recruit and he took swings on Mike Bobo and guys like that. Like, I, I don't know. I would have just wrote it out with uh must champ for another year um, instead of paying him an exorbitant amount of money to go away and then hiring this staff around Beamer. Um, number 13 for me, Butch Jones, old friend at Arkansas state. He'll be replacing Blake Anderson who we'll get to in a second. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think this will be okay. I think we'll be fine, but like, there's nothing sexy about this hire. Like I don't think I, Blake Anderson's a really good coach and has done really well there and a lot of our, Arkansas state jobs pretty pretty good and um I don't know. I think this is one of those Power 5 coach back down to Group of 5 that could go the other way. Um I don't know. It's just kind of like, eh we'll we'll see. It, he's a wait and see. I'm going
1: to save my opinion on on Butch. Cuz he's in my top 10. So I'll get I'll get to him when it when it's mine. It's my take on Butch.
0: Okay, I think you're higher on this hire than I am. Um, speaking of other hires that you're higher on, Andy Avalos, defensive coordinator from Oregon, takes the Boise job. They try to get Kellen Moore. He's opted to stay in the NFL. <sighs> um, I'm just nervous about this. It's not that I don't think he'll be good. It's just the defensive-minded coach at Boise kind of scares me. Like, what kind of staff he has around him. Like, they have Hank Bachmeyer. They have a lot of talented quarterbacks. Like, their whole thing is Offense. Like Boise is successful is because they're innovative offensively and they do a lot of fun stuff there. They're not good because of their defense. Like that is not why Boise is going ten and one, uh eleven and one, ten and two every year. It's because of their quarterback play, it's because of the Jared Zabranskys of the world. And they hired a defensive minded coach. Um, I don't know. I, maybe this goes like Sataki at um BYU. Maybe it doesn't. Like you hire Jeff Grimes to run the offense and suddenly you're a different program. But he struggled. Remember when he hired Ty Detmer? And that BYU offense was just atrocious. Um, the defensive-minded coach scares me. And that is my biggest knock on this hire is that at a place like Boise, I just think the offense has to continue rolling. It has to get, uh, like, they have to figure out the quarterback stuff. The injuries was a part of that last year. But um, I don't know. I'm just kind of nervous about a defensive-minded guy at Boise. So I will say not the best. Kellmore Moore, obviously, I think would have graded higher. But uh, he'll probably be fine.
1: Yeah, and it and it, it is an interesting decision because it's not like you're you're firing a coach and so you're going the other way like oh we had an offensive guy now we're going a defensive guy it's like you've had success with offensive coaches so it is interesting that you would go the defensive route but you know maybe maybe they can he can take the the defense to the next level and the the offense can continue to to be successful
0: number eleven Terry Bowden and I'm gonna do a combo because he's bringing my guy Rich Rod in there with him. Um, they have no money. Have you seen the budget at UL Monroe? It is unreal. Um, bad conditions, bad everything. Like Doug Peterson, I think is going to be like an analyst there at some point. I would not be surprised. Uh, they're loading up. Like it's just going to be a fun job. It reminds me of Waterboy. Like I hope that's what they turn into down there uh, in UL Monroe. But I think Terry Bowden was an a analyst at Clemson this year, and Rich Rod just knows offense, and this dude is going to put on a show there. And he put on a show at Ole Miss his last year in uh, under Luke. And I don't know. I think this is a good hire. This is way better than UL Monroe had any business doing. And I think Terry Bowden and Rich Rod are just going to have fun with it. And they're going to be fun to watch highlights of this year. So I, I like this hire. I think this is going to be – this is the best they could have done.
1: Yeah, I – um, it, fe- it feels like such a retread, you know, but – The fact that it's UL Monroe it kind of it just gives him some sort of credibility but I also expected Terry Bowden to be way older than he actually is like Auburn was the last time he was actually coaching at like a relevant school I assumed this guy was like 70 something years old I didn't even realize he's only 64 so I mean he could have a, a few good years left in him and yeah, I didn't even think about the fact that, uh, that Rich Rod is with him. They're, they're probably going to have a lot of success there.
0: Yeah, well, we... we so that was should. a good call by
1: you. I didn't get that in my top 10.
0: Well, we're now at the top 10, and I I think we're going to differ a little bit in our top 10, but I think we're pretty close here. I have Josh Hypel at 10. You have Josh Hypel at 9 on your list. I wish I could move it up, but I can't uh, make the case for Hypel being your ninth. It ranked ninth in your your
1: list. Um, well, I wasn't too high on Josh Heupel to be honest. I'm, I I feel like he he barely made the top ten for me. I I personally, I'm hold on, I'm getting I'm getting stuck here. I I wanted to make a different point about Josh Heupel because I kind of think it's a similar situation to Brian Harson. Like he's he's coming from a big time program but he isn't necessarily the one that built that big-time program, so I don't necessarily know what I'm getting out of Josh Heipel. You know what I mean? It's, it feels like there's some stability coming to Tennessee, but I think I, I put it ninth more than anything just because Tennessee didn't get I don't know how many choices. You know, I don't know if he was their first or either second or third or fourth, fifth option, but it, just the fact that you know Tennessee didn't necessarily get their first option is kind of why it's a little lower on the list. But I think he provides some stability that, that Tennessee might need. Some offensive, they want it just like we were saying uh, with with Boise State. Like they had the defensive guy, Tennessee had the defensive coach. Now they're going with the offensive coach, and and that makes sense in in this year of college football. So I'm not super high on it either. So nine, ten, it's it's kind of it's kind of the same.
0: Yeah, I just look Tennessee. I think Danny White deserves a lot of credit for casting a wide net. He tried to get James Franklin. He tried to get the big names, he tried to get P.J. Fleck. But the sanctions are looming, and it's not Danny White's fault. It's not Josh Heupel's fault. Um, like the linebacker coach hire this week. I like the Tim Banks hire. I like the Rodney Gardner hire. I like what I heard from their QB coach this week, or last week, rather. Um, I think the staff is filled out really nicely. They've hired a lot of good recruiting people. I think they're going to really, really try and challenge... Um, the state of Tennessee and lock this down. Um, where they've lost some ground in recent years, I, I think they're going to be fun offensively. I think the the biggest thing is like they are going to not have a situation where they had last year where they just they they were just ugly to watch. Like they were they were ugly. Um, do I think Josh I will be there five years from now? Do I? I I don't know. We'll we'll see. We'll see what the quarterback situation looks like. He's walking into a good quarterback situation. Um, Cadence Alter makes a lot of sense. For his offense and kane salter is going to be a player um maybe not this year but he's going to be there Hendon hooker makes a lot of sense for him he can maybe do something with harrison bailey i don't know um but the quarterback room is going to be strong he recruited Maurer back at ucf like he is walking into a good offensive situation i think um but the east is tough they lost a bunch of people to the portal we still don't know about henry Toa yet um but the sanctions are going to be hard and i don't i don't think they're gonna be good no matter what tennessee did to try and uh, alleviate those, it seems like it's still gonna be pretty harsh. So I just I can't have it as a great hire because I think they targeted better ones and we still, like you said with the UCF stuff, don't know how much we should buy into the the slide as he was um, in charge there.
1: But but I'll be honest, this was the hardest one to rank for me because just of the circumstances, like given the circumstances of, of the the looming probation or you know, or whatever exactly happens, this was a pretty great hire you know it it was a it was someone who has just some respectability in the coaching industry you know so I think it provides you know it just it, it makes makes Tennessee look like they're going back in the right direction I guess or maybe they at least it gets everyone on the on the same direction maybe they haven't actually taken a step in the right direction yet we'll see
0: We'll see. The biggest thing will be just winning on the field and putting a fun offense on the field. That's the kind of thing that recruits want to see. They want to see a fun offense. They want to see Jalen Hyatt doing fun stuff and use like Jalen Waddle. Like that's what they want to see. They want to see quarterback who can spin it and up-tempo offense and an offense that scores 45 points a game.
1: Um, Without a doubt. And the SEC East is not the SEC West. Like you got Georgia and Florida and Alabama on the schedule every year. But, you know, If you're while you're building this thing, if you get to nine and three seasons with only losses to Georgia, Florida, and Alabama, the program's moving in the right direction. We shall see. Um, Next up on the list. Oh, so you skipped my 10.
0: Oh, who's your 10?
1: So you, yeah, so my 10, Andy Avalos, man. Okay. Boise State, they got their Kirby. You know how high I am on Kirby? They got their Kirby, man. No, that was really the only reason I put him in the top 10 because I wanted yeah. to say that. Terry bowen was a better hire. You're 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 right.
0: Um, that's funny. Um number number nine for you is Josh Heipel. Number nine for me. Blake Anderson. Moving on from Utah from Arkansas State to Utah State. This seems like a move where Blake has a lot of bad memories now. It's just his wife tragically passed away. Um they did a lot of great stuff for Arkansas State. I think Georgia did something really awesome when they played them um, a couple of years ago when this happened. But um, yeah,
1: student like did like a pink out. I think yeah. like old stadium did like a pink out actually.
0: Yeah, and I I can understand just like this is the place that's going to always remind me about the worst one of the worst times of my life. Um, you think State, That's what it is. I do think so. I think that guy just wanted to change the scenery. I really do.
1: Yeah, because I mean, they had a successful. Utah State's program. not a
0: better job than Arkansas State like I think yeah, you make that move a... because you want a change of scenery and that's it.
1: I could be. You could be on something.
0: But he's a good coach. That guy wins. His offenses are fun and I think Utah State really fell off with Gary Anderson. That was a bad hire. Um Matt Wells built a really good program there, but um he's probably wondering like should I have left for <laughs> Texas Tech um and brought his entire staff with him. Um but yeah, I think Blake Anderson will have Utah State back better than what they were a year ago and that's a it's a big thing. So that is my number nine your number nine was josh Heifel, who we talked about number eight for me charles huff from marshall um same we, we are at the same i i like this hire
1: yeah i mean this guy he started coaching at 23 years old he just he he just has the resume of one of those guys who's just making moves like you don't you don't get on a Buffalo Bill staff as like a, a 29 year old, like this guy on Alabama staff getting his first head coaching job at 37 years old. This guy, I'm just a believer in this guy. And, and not that like, I, I hate when people bring up like individual players production, like kind of citing how good a uh, position coach is. but for what it's worth, Najee Harris was the number one player in the country. And it, as a freshman and sophomore, I think we all kind of thought he was disappointing. Like, he didn't look like the number one player in the country. And the last two years, he was the running back coach for Alabama. And Najee Harris was probably the best running back in the country over the last two years. So, not that that is on Charles Huff. Najee Harris is a, an extremely gifted uh, person. He was but, also the uh, number one
0: recruiter, though. Like, he, 247 had him as the number one recruiter last year.
1: Yeah, and I think that's huge. And Marshall, like, that's a program that's not, they didn't fire their coach because he wasn't doing well. I don't know what was going on you know, behind the scenes or whatever at Marshall, but they had a good program. So this is a program and and in terms of that conference USA level, like they have some tradition. So I think, I think he'll be able to do big things at Marshall and you know, he's probably at a power five job I could see in the next five years.
0: Yeah. I think Marshall sees themselves as like one of the better group of five jobs. It's winnable. It's easy to win. Good pipeline. Like you said, prestige. Um, and I think he's gonna recruit really well there. I think he's built up pretty solid staff and I think they're gonna be fun. Um, Number seven on my list, Clark Lee, who was number seven, or on your list is uh, Clark Lee. On my list is Kane Womack,
1: you first. Clark Lee, why seven? So, So Clark Lee, I put him at seven and then the more I think about this. I have him at four on mine. Yeah, and I almost, I feel like I had him at like four or five when I first started making this. and. I almost, I'm like, why did I even put him this high? Like, I guess I'm just evaluating the hire, and I'm just impressed that Vanderbilt can get Notre Dame's defensive coordinator to come to be yeah, their this head coach. Awful. Like, this
0: job yeah, this job's awful. Yeah, because I don't
1: think he's going to win. I don't think he's going to do anything at Vandy, but I'm just like, hey, as far as the hire goes, great job, Vanderbilt. Yes,
0: I think this was a huge Vanderbilt hire, and I think he's doing really smart stuff with Barton Simmons and bringing back guys that have a familiarity with the program, like you said, they're not gonna win. But that's not what the Lee's trying to do. He's just trying to like build a solid like we can go eight and four one year, nine and three, best case scenario. And then we go six and six, five and seven, maybe a three and nine every now and then, but like ultimately we're gonna be respectful. We're not losing seventy five to seven to Georgia anymore. Like he <laughs> I think he's going to bring respectability and it's going to be like Vanderbilt is going to be a pain in the ass with Carkley, And I think
1: that's all you can really do is just have a
0: pain in the ass team.
1: Yeah. And that's uh we'll see. We'll see. It's a much easier said than done at, at a place like Vanderbilt.
0: Kane Womack is my number seven Um from South Alabama. He was the DC at, uh, Indiana this past year on Tom Allen's ex- excellent staff and not excellent Indiana Hoosier team I I really like this hire I think they're a sleeping giant T Martin still did not get this job unfortunately but Kane Womack I do think will build out to a really solid program they have a lot of money at this uh, Mobile Alabama area South Alabama is a sleeping Georgia Southern type giant and I I'm fully expecting Kane Womack to get the investment from the facilities. They want to win big. He knows defense. They're going to be good. They're in a good conference for this. I think Kane Womack is actually a home run hire for them. Um, I think Kane Womack probably could have done better if he waited around a little bit longer at Indiana. Um, this is this is going to be good. I think uh, this is a really good hire for South Alabama, and I think uh, fans of college football who may not know much about the Jaguars are going to know a lot more in the coming years.
1: Sleeping Giants. In South terms Alabama. of group of five,
0: like I think they're going to be a sleeping group of five
1: giant. That's okay. I, I like it. I, um, I could. I, South Alabama, yeah, they've had, so, they can get some talent down there. So I feel like that's the kind of place that needs to be hitting the transfer portal for sure. South Alabama needs to be every SEC player. That, like at the
0: Isaiah Crowells.
1: Exactly. Yeah. That, that's what they need to be going for.
0: And I think they can. Number six on my list, Will Hall of Southern Miss. Another program that's usually been good in our lifetimes that's fallen off and they went through like three coaches last year, but Will Hall OC at uh, Tulane worked under Willie Fritz, former George Southern coach. He also just wins. Will Hall is a guy familiar with the area. Mississippi good for like fertile ground to recruit. Will Hall knows offense like Southern Miss. The expectation should be we win, uh, we win our conference every one to three years and have fun offenses and put out some NFL players every now and then. But Southern Miss, the Golden Eagles, they should be good. And Will Hall seems like a a young up and coming offensive mind. And I uh, when you get the Willie Fritz seal of approval, you got my seal of approval. So I think Will Hall is my number six. Your number six, also Will Hall.
1: I like it. Yeah, man. I'm all in on Will Hall. He's, he's, this dude's a baller. Just wherever he goes, this guy he won the Harlan Hill Award. Are you aware of that?
0: I was not aware that's, of that.
1: That's the D two Heisman.
0: Is this at uh, West Georgia?
1: Um, is that where he played? Yeah. What? Oh, we're no played? North Alabama. North Alabama, Alabama is, okay. is where he won the uh, Harlan Hill Award. But yeah, essentially the D two Heisman. So this guy was a baller. Coached at West Alabama, West Georgia. He just wins everywhere he goes. I think both of those teams made runs in the in the D two playoffs when he was there. So, yeah, I'm I'm all in for this. I think I think this is the kind of guy like Southern Miss is like we talked about with Marshall. Like they're one of those jobs like they have they have a little bit of tradition. Like they, they put players in the NFL. Like I think I think Southern Miss. You said you know win the conference every three years. Like I think Southern Miss is more of one of those sleeping giants in in the group of five that like. If they get good, they can get UCF level good. You know what I mean? Like they they've actually have some sort of tradition of of NFL players coming through there. For sure, for sure. Well, not saying they're going to be Central Florida, but you know who knows.
0: We shall see, we shall see. Um next up on our list, number 5. I have Brett Bielma. you have Brian Harson. We're going to I got Brian Harson at 5.
1: Mm. so I'll I'll let you go Brett Bielema first
0: because I think you have Brett Bielema higher on this
1: list um, I do have Brett Bielema I mean I have him at 3 he so we can just go ahead and talk about Bielema
0: I mean obviously I like him because out of the 15 he's in the top 5 but some unknowns I think Charlie Strong or Charlie Strong, uh, Lovie Smith also had a same kind of thing where it was like he went to the NFL he was a great coordinator forever um, but <clears throat> Illinois, he quickly found is a tough job. No matter who you hire, it's tough. Like Ron Zook going six and six every year is now like a how did he do that type situation with Juice Williams and friends? Illinois is hard, man. That is Oh, that was
1: I love that team. The the Juice Williams and Richard Mendenhall. That yeah. team was t- uh, Aurelius Ben. There you go. Good time. That's my childhood right there, man. That's good times. But it's
0: that was a outlier outside of that they just went bad and it's really hard to win illinois. there was that
1: one year they went to the sugar bowl too it's like mm-hmm. two years in my entire lifetime i can remember illinois being good
0: <laughs> yeah they're just not a good program they're kind of like the arizona of the big 10 and he's walking into a tough spot he left wisconsin for arkansas which i'm sure he's still kicking himself over because he had it really good there and now he doesn't have the pipeline at wisconsin like wisconsin has he's not gonna win like he did at wisconsin but I do think that is the best Illinois can do. It's kind of like one of those things you have to create on a curve. Like in terms of Illinois, like that dude knows the Big Ten. He is going to get Big Ten guys. His style of play is going to work more in the Big Ten than it did in the SEC. Um and it's something you take a gamble on if you're Illinois. Like this is the type of gamble. Like this guy won before he knows the Big Ten. Best case scenario, he gets us back to respectability in bowl games. Um but they also know what they're they're going for. It's like we're going for seven and five, six and six. We're not competing for national titles at Illinois. That's not who we are. Um, we're doing that in basketball. So I uh, I don't know. I like the hire, and I think there's room for optimism there, but uh, we'll see.
1: Yeah, and like you said, it's it's about the hire itself. Like, I don't know what Brett Bielema is going to do, but, you know, this is a guy, we we remember his time at Arkansas, kind of like it was a failure, but I don't think we give him credit for how long he was at Wisconsin and how much success he really had there. Like, you know, multiple... Like three or four double-digit win seasons, multiple Big Ten championships. Like this is this is bread and butter that Big Ten, that Big Ten area. You know that's that's what he does. And and also I think people kind of forget like the seven and six and eight and five seasons at Arkansas. Like doing that in the SEC West in 2014, 2015. Like that was no small feat. Like he actually did have Arkansas respectable. I mean, you actually saw. I mean, we've seen the three years since he's been gone, like Arkansas just turn into like the worst program in the SEC. So I think you kind of got to give Brett Bielema a little bit of credit for kind of just keeping Arkansas's head above water for several years there because that, that's not an easy job either. So Illinois is definitely a tough gig, but I think the fact that they can get a guy with some Big Ten success on his resume is is huge for them. That's why I have it at three.
0: All right. Number but, four, I have. Oh, a, you
1: want you want me to get to my Brian Harson?
0: Oh, at that's five? right. You have Brian Harson at five. Okay. Yes, go so ahead and make the increase. This is case. my hot
1: take, man. Yeah. So I kind of alluded to it with Josh Heupel that he he was coming from the the Group of Five powerhouse, but he's not the one that built the Group of Five powerhouse. So he's sixty nine and nineteen in his seven years at Boise Pretty State. Pretty good. That's a that's a great great record. The seven years prior to him at Boise State, Boise State went 79 and 13. And I just wanted to keep it even with seven years and seven years because if I went one back, one more year, I could have continued an eighth year. That's the year they went 13 and 0. So the eight years before he was there, they're 92 and 13. Like just unreal good. Three top 10 finishes in that seven year span. They, he hasn't finished top ten once at Boise State. So while he's had a lot of success at Boise State, it's it's not the level that they were when he took over. So I'm not exactly sure what to expect of him at Auburn. Like I didn't think it was a bad hire when he was hired at Auburn. Like when I first heard, I'm like, who who did I hire Auburn just hired? But I, I definitely it, it seemed like it came out of left field. But I also just, I'm not sure I know what to expect of the guy just because, you know, Boise State was better before he took over.
0: He won at Arkansas State. He was also the primary play caller in 11 and 12 in Austin with Major Applewhite and Mac Brown. Um, his offenses have always been good. Like, that is something that I think is important for this. And he also didn't make the mistake of bringing his Boise staff. And I think that's an important part of this too, is he's not going into it just like, oh, like the Matt Wells thing where he brought all the utah state staff with them it's like uh you uh, this is not what you should do you should be bringing in the the mike leeches of the world <laughs> to prepare you for recruiting in texas and winning in texas and just like those kind of recruiting people that you need um not utah state people because you're not going to recruit in utah you need to out a lot of staff that makes sense for your area um i think harrison getting mason getting bobo like i don't there's been back and forth. Do you think Bobo was his choice or do you think the boosters and they were like, you need some some people on staff that know this area. So we're going to bring in uh, Bobo. I don't I don't know. There are some rumblings about that. So I don't know. Derek Mason I, I, is gonna I have be no idea.
1: I, I, I can't put anything past the, the behind the scenes at Auburn anymore.
0: I just like his staff. And I think this dude knows offense. I'm surprised he's not going to call plays because he is such a good play caller and he's just done such a good job with offenses over the years. And he played quarterback at Boise. So I'm kind of surprised it's not a thing. Um, but I think he's a recruit. Well, and I also just love that it's an outside the box hire. Like I think not going the Saban route, not going Sarg, not going like a retread. They're like, we're taking a swing. We're betting on this dude. Who's been really good at a premier group of five co- conference school and we're just, like, taking a big swing. And if he works out, we look like geniuses. If not, you know, we probably shouldn't have fired Gus. But, like, they're taking a swing. And I always appreciate programs that take swings like this of, like, hey, this dude has no history with Saban. Let's see what Saban does with somebody like Carson in the play. Like, I, I I love that.
1: That seems like a petty angle to take, though. Like, if Saban's the best, like try to get someone from his staff. It well, seems they're, like they're, they're
0: struggling. I don't. Know they're
1: Auburn, right. and so they're like, man, fuck Saban. We, we don't need anyone from Alabama. Well, that we just can worked do it for them. Own, that that
0: literally just worked for them. Gus Malzahn is the best coach in the SEC against Saban. It That's just true. worked. That formula Although, just worked. Although I mean,
1: worked. there were supposedly they were in line to hire Kirby a few years before Georgia did, but. That that's rumors at least that they would have hired Kirby from Sabin's staff, but Kirby wanted to uh to play out the the national championship and Auburn was like, no, you got to start now. So I guess they're not they're not above getting a Saban guy, but I don't know. I think I'd, I'd kind of want to know if I was Auburn, I'd kind of want to know something that's in the in the secret recipe over there in Tuscaloosa, the school up north, as he calls it, hmm. even though it's like basically directly west it's slightly north but it's almost directly west
0: matt green the geography guy um, no
1: i'm not i'm not the one that called him out i think it was like alabama someone in alabama that was like their play-by-play guy like called him out or something with the latitude and longitude did you hear about that i did not yeah it was kind of funny but it like it is north technically so he is right
0: number four on my list was clarkley we we already discussed him number four on your list is Butch Jones. i have on case, Just make your case for Butch. Old Knoxville friend, Butch Jones. Why are you so high on this hire for Arkansas State?
1: You're sleeping on Butch Jones, man. Butch Jones has won everywhere he's gone. Like, Central Michigan, Cincinnati, Tennessee. For Arkansas State, like, this is a home run hire. Like, this guy, he's been in Alabama, like, on their, like, support staff or whatever for the last couple years. Like, Butch Jones, I I feel confident saying Butch Jones will 100% be a power five coach in the next five years. Like, it was weird how the Tennessee thing just kind of spiraled out of control. Like, they're having their best year of his entire tenure. And then, like, a month later, you know, the program's, like, in shambles. And then they have, like, the worst year of his tenure. It was just kind of strange how, like, the media and everything started to kind of turn on Butch Jones and... People just didn't really like him. I think we all kind of lost sight of the fact that he like, he actually is a good coach. You know what I mean? Like he got Tennessee back into being nationally relevant. I don't think anyone gives him enough credit for that. Like actually getting him in the top 25 and playing big time ranked games against Alabama and against Texas A&M and Georgia and Florida. Like he actually got people talking about Tennessee and you know, that, that one bad season. Like, the 2016 season, like, there's no excuse. Like, Tennessee, I mean, that was that was their year, you know? Like, there's no excuse for the way that season kind of fell apart. But I think people have kind of, and then what happened in 2017, I think people have kind of lost sight of the fact that, like, this guy has been at small programs or smaller programs like this and had success basically everywhere he's gone. So I, I feel so confident saying that, like they're they're going to be winning Arkansas State's going to be winning this conference or at least competing to win this conference like year in and year out under Butch Jones. The
2: wait is finally over.
1: Knotfest oh, Roadshow is
2: back. The of the October thirteenth, Jiffy Lube Live. Featuring Slipknot with Killswitch Engage, Beaver 333, and Code Orange. Ah, Tickets on sale now at LiveNation.com. Part of the Metris Warehouse Concert Series.
0: Interesting.
1: Um, it's kind of sexy. I mean, it's Arkansas State. But I feel like in terms of the hires, Butch Jones, it's, it's a home run for them. All right. Um,
0: number three for me is steve sarkeesian at texas i went back and forth on this where to put him especially like now that he's already gotten Malik murphy and he's just put on a clinic recruiting right away there but um we've seen this movie before recruiting well at texas is not hard um tom herman started off hot charlie strong started off hot like that that is something that um in the state of texas it should not be that hard to put together top five classes every year like that is not a difficult thing it's making it translate to the field being consistent being dominant being texas um That being said, I think he's gonna do well. I am buying back in. I just don't, I don't love the hire as much as the two other Auburn connection hires. And I think Sark will be good, but I've been burned by multiple uh, multiple coaches who have um, come in with high praise. Like Tom Herman was the most sought after coach at that time of that hire, and we were all salivating over it. We were like, "Oh man, this is Texas is back! Like this is a great great hire," and didn't work out.
1: So. I think you could make some arguments that Tom Herman got too quick of a, of a trigger though. Well, what I'm saying think, is like Tom Herman
0: was more talked up than what Sark is right now. And we saw how it just went for Tom Herman. So yeah, that's true. I just, I don't know, man. Like I, I just, we've been burned by Texas so many times now that I, I don't know. I think it's still a good hire. Sark coached his ass off these past couple of years at Alabama um he was a play calling machine this year uh i don't know i i think it's room for optimism he's going to recruit well it's just who is he as a head coach we haven't seen it in a while and it was in the pac 12 we'll see
1: no and those are all valid uh those are all valid criticisms i um i i personally had Sarkeesian at number two i just i think this is a great hire i uh yeah like you said i i I never really know what to expect it almost seems like texas kind of gets in their own way like i don't really know i don't know why the last several coaches haven't had success at texas because i thought all of them would so i I, it's it's hard to say how much what's he's what he's going to do but in terms of like the coaches that were available this offseason that he could go get i think texas definitely got the the right guy i think that was you know, what he's done with Alabama the last couple of years offensively is, has been very impressive.
0: Did you know he was a Mensa guy?
1: A what? A Mensa guy. I don't even... What does that mean?
0: The You don't know what Mensa is? Like the high IQ society?
1: Oh, clearly not. Okay. I'm not smart enough for that.
0: <laughs> um, He's apparently in that. I always thought that was interesting. Um, That... Uh, genius. Like Tom Herman. Uh, a genius. But, um, yeah, that just just some food for for thought mackering, just giving you some some tom herman facts
1: but uh, and also you got the fact that like he uh like usc like he had him in a good position you know and it was off off the field things that really got in his way so i i would like to think like someone like him who's obviously been in the coaching ranks a long time been at big time programs like to to blow a dream job like USC and to get another chance at a place like Texas. I just have a feeling he, he's not going to blow it a second time. You know what I mean? Like he's going to he's going to take advantage of a second opportunity.
0: We shall see. Um number uh where are we at? Am I at number 3 or number 2? Number 2. Okay, number 2 for me, number 2 for you is Sarkeesian. number 2 for me is Gus. Malzon. I flirted with putting him at number one. I flirted with it.
1: Um I did. I went all the way.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so we won't really disagree here, I don't think. It's a home run hire for UCF. It's something that's gonna be a problem for the Norvells and the Diazes of the world, and the Dan Mullins, especially of the world, uh maybe more than anybody else. Uh he's gonna recruit well. They're gonna put together a really good team. His staff's gonna be solid. Um I'm still concerned about the dylan gabriel fit and how he develops quarterbacks i still wonder about that but it's the best ucf could do especially under the circumstances of when hypo left and he reunites with his ad from arkansas state um malzahn just wins like that guy just wins games and ucf is a great program now and i just think he's gonna win there and win big
1: and it's just the the sheer value i feel like that's what has to make it number one like this is a guy He's worth seven million, you know. Auburn's paying this guy seven million a year, you get him for two point five, like boom, sign me up, man. Like, that's a home run. Like I think we we talked a lot about, you know, Gus and in Tennessee, whatever happened with that situation. Like if, if he turned the job down, like I don't know if anyone really knows, but um I think you UCF, yeah, I think they they definitely for someone who got their head coach poached from them for them to make the best hire i think that's a that's that's a huge off season right there
0: number one on my list brian harson i just i love this hire for auburn and i really do think it's going to pay dividends and i think he is going to win and i think he is just someone who's going to rejuvenate that program i think the offenses are going to be good i think Derek mason's going to turn around that defense i'm not even turn around just keep it rolling Um, they got Dylan Brooks already from Tennessee. Like, I think they're gonna recruit their ass off. I think he made the right hires. He made the right connections, and it has all the makings of a national title team in the next three years. Like Auburn's not a rebuild. Auburn's a retool.
1: National title team in the next three years. Yes, that's a hot take right there. Yes, that's possible. I mean, I could see him. I can see him having more success. There is an Urban Meyer possibility
0: to this, is what I'm saying. I, I've, I'm getting oh. strong Urban Meyer vibes here.
1: That's uh, that's bold, man. I I don't know. Oh, I'll, I'll remain to be seen. Like if he was Urban Meyer, he would have been having those Boise State teams going undefeated. That's awesome. Okay. Maybe saying.
0: not even Urban Meyer. What about if we just went uh, Matt Campbell or Chris Peterson or like when Chris Peterson went to Washington, Washington goes to the playoff. Like that kind of thing, Lincoln like Riley, even just an offensive mind who just wins and he'll just win.
1: And see, that's that's the thing. He's not Chris Peterson. He thinks he, he he wants to be Chris Peterson. He wants to he wants people to think he's like Chris Peterson, but he's not Chris Peterson. That he's Chris Peterson is truly elite. Mm-hmm. I still need to see more from Brian Harsin, but okay. you know, all things considered, it was a solid hire. It was tough for me to rank it number one just because I'm not sure they should have fired Gus in the first place, just kind of with how this season played out. It was just a strange year. So I don't know. That's, But that's not necessarily part of the hiring process, but it kind of went into the situation for, for me. But, yeah, I mean, he could definitely have success. Well, uh, It remains to be seen. Yeah. All right. Well, that's
0: all I've got, Matt Green. I think we did it. We did our – we did our top fifteen. Well, at least one of us did our top fifteen. One of us did seventy five percent of the assignment. But I think it still turned out okay. <laughs>
1: hey, where's your math, man? Seventy five percent? 10 over fifteen? That's uh that'd be sixty six point seven percent. I was rounding up for you. So um, two thirds. I, I, I know I know that kind of math, you know. That's that's the math that matters. Like after like seventh grade, like no one really needs any of that math that they teach you. But all those, ma- all that math, seventh grade and before, I was, I was all about math. I actually enjoyed math, and then I was like, "What the hell is this? This, this isn't math." But that's me. There you go. <laughs> I digress. Matt, Matt's math thoughts.
0: Uh, try and say that fast. Matt's math thoughts. That is a tough thing to say fast. Um, do you have anything else you would like to plug before we wrap up here tonight, Matt Green?
1: Uh, that's all I got, man.
0: Alright, well, thank you as always, my friend. We will have another special next week. Um, I'll think about, you and I can brainstorm about what uh, we want to focus on as our theme next week, but I like these theme shows. Um, we'll figure it out. Maybe we'll do, like, best transfers um, from the portal so far. We could rank our top five, top ten transfers that we're excited about seeing them on Yeah, the-
1: we gotta get in, like, some arguments. Some, some rankings lists or things, I... I'm always – I've been uh, in a Twitter debate today about – That sounds awful. Where where Tim Tebow should rank all-time, you know, and maybe I, you know, don't rank – maybe I don't give him his credit because I am a George fan, but it's a – I mean, anything an outside take, of the top three is just wrong. Like, it's just flat top out. Top three ever? Yeah. You're just wrong.
0: Like, he's top three all-time. Yeah, absolutely.
1: I mean, are you judging his career or are you just judging, like, just you need you need to play one game? Like if you have to like his career, like Cam Newton, like he's not. No, Cam Newton's also in the close, top three. I say he's not Cam- close to Cam Newton, and uh, i It's it's interesting how quarterbacks always get in these conversations because we just leave out so many other like just super elite players of other positions, like Eric Berry or someone just off the top of my head. Like it's like Eric Berry is like one of the greatest college football players I ever saw. You know what I mean? But he's a defensive back, and he just never gets put in that elite of elite conversation like i feel like maybe some defensive linemen that get a bunch of sacks like usually get those but i don't know i, I we we usually overvalue quarterbacks in those well i think joe burrow has a case now too yeah exactly like if i'm taking there's so many quarterbacks that i would take over tim tebow like mm. i not i don't know we're trying to we, we should save this conversation for yeah. another because I, I feel like we have we have a lot to talk about but yeah that's why we need to have something like that because i was just debating people on twitter and Always starts a good argument.
0: Well, put it together, Matt, and we'll do it. Formulate it, do some planning, formulate how you want to structure it, and uh, we'll do it. No doubt. All right. For that guy down there in Tequila, Georgia, for myself up here in Knoxville, Tennessee, that is all I've got. Thank you, as always, folks. Leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple if you uh, feel so inclined. Stay safe out there, folks, and uh, we'll be back with another episode tomorrow. Thanks, guys.
2: Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah. The wait is finally over. Oh, Knotfest Roadshow is back. Of the October 13th, Jiffy Lube Live. We are not featuring Slipknot. With Killswitch Engage, Peter 333, and Code Orange. Oh, Tickets on sale now at livenation.com. Part of the Metris Warehouse Concert Series.